0: Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Brant Bernard. We'll be right back. I will be the special guest on Carl's Sailing Secrets, and I'm really looking forward to it. Excellent. I've never been a special guest before.
1: Oh, you're plenty special, trust me.
0: (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) We'll be right back with the family.
1: Well, as we don't have a uh, guest today, I'm going to do a quick Walzer ad, and then we'll get started. We talked about this in the uh, first uh, half of the show. Walzer care is something that we rolled out back in October. It's on every new car sold in Minnesota, and about 80% of our used cars. It's a free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty which is basically major medical coverage for your car. If the engine blows up, if the transmission goes bad, you're covered. It's not a bumper-to-bumper warranty. Uh, the radio goes bad or something like that, brakes, it, it's not covered, but it's all the really, really expensive stuff. The details are all on walzer.com, but as we get into the car selling season, which will really kick off, Traditionally, around President's Day, it, it's, it's, it's a great value, especially for people that keep their cars a long time, like our good friend Michael Bryant. He's shopping right now, and I asked him, Mike, how many miles a year do you drive about? And he goes, yeah, 55,000. I think he might be a robot that actually never sleeps. But
0: Yeah, well, that's true.
1: It was the program was designed for people like Mike.
0: People like Mike. That would be one person because nobody else is that screwed up. Okay, let me just point that out.
1: Okay? Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer dot <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> hey. Yes. Tommy, I got something for you to watch. So, all right, I'm ready. Like you, Sarah and I have been spending ho- uh, evenings in the cabin looking for something to do, and we prowl around all the. TV offerings and can't find anything. We stumbled across something last night on Amazon called Gimme Danger, which was a documentary about Iggy Pop and the Stooges. And I'm not a big Iggy Pop mm-hmm. guy. And I said, right. let's, let's give it 10 minutes and we'd hate it. We'll, we watched the whole thing. He was fascinating. He's a great storyteller. He's amazingly articulate. And he's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he talked about his early musical career. He was a drummer, actually, as a kid played in some crappy bands, but then he got hooked up with some fairly uh, well-known uh, blues players when he moved to Chicago. He played on a couple of records. And this was my favorite line of the whole documentary, and it's early on. He goes, you know, so one day I went down to the river, smoked a big joint, and I realized I wasn't actually a black man. And then he went moved back to Ann Arbor to start working on The Stooges. I mean, he's he was amazingly funny and engaging. So it, it's called Gimme Danger. It's uh, probably two years old or so, and it was kind of a delight to watch.
0: I like it because I need some stuff to watch because now broadcast television has now totally destroyed itself. Yeah, I can watch. Uh, there are three shows I can watch: Blue Bloods because I really like Tom Selleck. Well, I like pretty much everybody. Steve Sharip is on that show as well. There's a lot of people on there. I can watch Blue Bloods. I can watch Chicago PD. And I can watch Criminal Minds, which only has six episodes left. And then it's done forever. But I'm looking for other things to watch. It's impossible. Everything is about race now. Everything on broadcast television is about race. It's like, good God.
1: You know, have you ever watched Blacklist? Blacklist?
0: Uh, Yeah, I I used to like Blacklist. Yeah,
1: we managed to burn through the whole thing, but we were big James Spader fans, and it's certainly Mm -hmm. not political. It's more like a cliffhanger. It's kind of 24, uh, like 24, but maybe a little bit more intellectual than Jack Bauer screaming every five minutes.
0: Yeah, well, that's basically true. uh, No doubt about it. I I, I just... James Spader said one of my favorite things in the history of the KQ Morning Show when he uh, was on one time, uh, back when he was, what was that show he was on with William Shatner? Oh, um, Boston Legal. Boston Legal.
1: Which was hysterical.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. So he's on, and one of the people on the show decided to ask James. Now, first of all, James Spader, he doesn't make it clear, but you can tell by his demeanor that he's not going to put up with any of your BS. Yeah. It's not going to happen. He's right? like one of
1: those really so smart at- guys that can also kill you.
0: Yes. So basically we're having a great time and then somebody interrupts the conversation and says, James, do you have a girlfriend? And there's a long pause and he goes, Well, that'd be none of your goddamn business. Wow. Wow. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It was wonderful. That's
1: why Tony Lee got kicked off the show, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Poor Tony. Just couldn't help no, it. it was not Tony Lee.
1: Put him in jail for twenty years. All right. One ears, that's
0: all there is to it, let me tell you. Spader had um, one of my
1: favorite lines ever on TV on that show, Boston Legal. If you remember, Candace Bergen was, I think, hired by the senior partners to kind of re- re- rein him in a little bit. And she walks into the men's room, and James Spader's standing at the urinal, and he finishes his, and zips up and then sticks his hand out. Candace Bergen goes, that's disgusting. And he goes, I pride myself on keeping an exceptionally clean penis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was just, is it true or that not? Was great. Here's
0: a story that's in the uh, in the news again this morning, and it makes me kind of sad because I don't know what the hell went on here, and I certainly wasn't there. But I do. I've talked to one of the people, and I, I've met the other person a couple times. This E. Jean Carroll, you know her? No, I don't. She's a She's the one that accused Donald Trump of raping her several years ago. She's a she's a blonde woman. She's a, an advice columnist for I think L Magazine. Oh
1: yes, I do remember her. I, there, yeah. there was mo- um, there was a couple. That's why I get them confused. So
0: I gotta the thing about it. I don't know what happened there. I wasn't there, and all the rest of it, obviously. But it kind of makes me sad because Eugene Carroll came in to do the morning show many many years ago. Uh, God, I would say at least twenty years ago, maybe even longer than that. And one thing I will tell you about E. Jean Carroll is I think if you were really into yourself, you would, you would read her body language and her attitude as, oh, she's coming on to me. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's coming on. Uh, she, look, she was so friendly, she would come over and give me a hug and kiss me on the cheek and all that stuff and laugh and joke. And, but I knew it wasn't sexual. Yeah. I could just tell it. But I think some guys would consider that to be sexual. Yeah. You know, so I think I think what happened is it's I don't know what happened if those two had sex or not. He said he never even met her. He stood in line with her one. I don't know. But all I'm saying is just because I do know her a little. It's not like she's a friend of mine or anything, but I know her a little bit and I do remember thinking back a lot of guys would think that she's being sexual when she's not. You
1: know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, some people are actually I, my wife's kind of like that. She Sarah's can yeah, be I super flirty. Yeah, I can see that. And, you, and when you meet her, you would never say, hmm, I wonder what she does for a living. She's probably the communications director for a huge Catholic church. You would never think that when you meet her. But right. once you get to know right. her, it's like, okay, that's, just, that's her personality, and she likes people, and she's affectionate, and, and some people are like that.
0: All right. Lawyers for a woman who accuses President Donald Trump of raping her in the 1990s are asking for a DNA sample seeking to determine whether his genetic material is on the dress she says she wore during the encounter. Advice columnist E. Jean Carroll's lawyers served notice to a Trump attorney Thursday for Trump to submit a sample on March 2nd in Washington for analysis and comparison against unidentified male DNA present on the dress. That'll never happen.
2: No, probably you're not. You're not going to
0: get the DNA from the president.
2: No, it ain't no. going to happen. No, I mean, physically, it's not going to happen. The DNA is going to be no. so degraded at this point that it just, you know. Yeah.
0: Look, I don't know if she's telling the truth. I, I, I have no idea. When she did come in, she had written a book because she had lived with Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, you know? really? Which hmm. could, Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I interviewed her a couple of times. But I, I just it's one of those kind of deals where unless you're paying attention... Or you, you have a massive ego, you might think something's going on that's not going on. And then, of course, you find out that she was living with Hunter S. Thompson. So it's like, oh, she's that kind of. De-. You know, people, people judge, they just do. You yeah, know, I and- never got that feeling from her at all. She was very friendly, but, you know, that
1: was it. It's interesting during the Kavanaugh trial when that woman was making all those allegations about something that happened 30 years ago and a lot of people wound up not believing her but if you remember right, right. I think at the same time Connie Chung came forward and said she was abused by her doctor as a teenager and of course everybody believes her it's just I, I can't imagine how traumatic that must be for women to yeah. that, that actually yeah. keep that stuff secret for decades and decades and decades it's, it's got to be a huge burden I would think
0: well plus you guys know this. You've known guys that if a woman smiles at him, Oh, she wants me. It's like, I know,
1: settle like they're down all, for God. It's like, yeah, just get over <laughs> exactly.
3: yourself.
0: Exactly. Get exactly get over yourself. So I don't know, like I said, I just saw that it's in the news again today. It's on the front page of the Star Tribune. As a matter of fact, but it just makes me kinda of sad looking at that and, and I don't know. She was very, very pleasant. She looks she looks like she's worn down, man. Yeah, she looks be very tough. tired. So I don't know what the hell's going on, but you're not going to get the president's DNA. That's never going to happen. And as Andy pointed out, the DNA from 30 years ago, well, 25 at least, is that? I mean, is there going to any credibility to that kind of DNA at all? All these years later, they're
1: still convicting people on. You know, murder scenes on DNA evidence from the early 80s. There was another case. Oh, really? Last
2: week. Yeah. Yeah, but that right, evidence well, was well, put in a sealed bag. That's, and, you know, yeah, left. that's true. This is like yeah, a dress that I'm sure has just been the sun's been beating on it. Oxygen has been yeah, flowing yeah, around I it. I that. good yeah. point. I mean, if she sealed if she it up she, or something, then it's possible. But she said it's hanging in the back of her closet, so I doubt
0: so that no. she sealed it up. Yeah. I don't know. It just. Like he said, there's no upside to that whole story at all because it's, like you know, she was very pleasant, was a great interview. She's, you know, you could consider her a wild child because she lived with Hunter S. Thompson. I don't know that they lived together the sexually, but they did live together on the compound that I know. I don't, maybe she did. I don't know.
1: Here's a, here's a great, I, I Hunter, here's a great Hunter S. side story. He was arrested once. He had a place up in the mountains in Colorado. Right. for shooting uh, icicles off his next-door neighbor's house with a deer <laughs> rifle. His next-door neighbor was John Denver.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Can you imagine you. living thank next to much, Hunter sir. S. Thompson?
1: No, no. thank you.
0: <laughs> uh, no. Well, he ended up killing himself.
1: Yes, he did. Uh, okay. He right. must himself. have
2: been just gone by the end. So, I mean. It's a little booze. Come on. What the hell? Everything he could get his hands on.
0: <laughs> well, that's true, too. That's absolutely true too. So I don't know. Another reason I think that's touching me is is, is Jeff Passelt's father died yesterday.
1: Oh no! And I,
0: I loved know. that guy. Oh no. man, Bob Passelt was one of the greatest guys in the world. Worked for super. Worked for Red Owl for many years, and then Super Value. When Mike Wright, who also died yesterday, by the way, by coincidence, Mike Wright ran. Uh, Super value for a long time. Great guy. I got to know him. Not really well. It's not like we were friends, but we were acquaintances. And a very, very nice man. But uh, for those two to, to die in the same, You know? And, and obviously, Jeff has taken it very, very hard. But it it made my heart glad because I could send him the, the Ted Geisel, the Dr. Seuss quote. Don't be sorry that it's over. Just be glad that it ever happened. Well, how old was he? Uh, he was up there, and he had had a stroke many years ago. I remember, but I don't know. He had to be in his eighties, probably, maybe late eighties. Come to think of it, yeah, but
1: probably. I not bad.
0: I love telling the story. We were up north. I told it this morning on the morning show. We were up north, working on the Passolt family cabin up there in northern Wisconsin, and it's hotter than hell outside. I mean, it's. It felt like it was about one hundred and ninety degrees, right? Just really hot outside. So Jeff's mom comes out and goes, You boys want some nice cool drink? And I go, Yeah, I could, you know, a glass of water would be good for me. And Pass is like, Yeah, I'd, I'd like a beer. That sounds good. <laughs> Mr. Passell, Jeff's dad goes, Hey, do you have any hot coffee? I'm like, what? Well, you
2: want to drink hot coffee on a 900-degree roof? Some people swear that hot coffee makes you cool down because, like, that's what he said. That's what they, that's I, don't, what they, I don't really know the logistics of it. but
1: That's why the English drank tea when they were, you know, owning India. Because I guess if you warm up your insides, you don't. there's not as yeah. much temperature difference as the theory anyway. I'd still right. go for that's the ice theory, cold right. beer, though. Yeah,
2: I know when I, like, yeah, I eat frozen fruit or something, I feel cold. So, you know, yeah. it makes sense. But it is true that your perception of temperature is the difference between the air and your internal temperature, yep. which is why when you yeah, have a fever, absolutely. you feel cold yeah. because you know your whole uh, internal thermometer is all messed up, so you think it's colder than it actually is outside.
0: So I got this this morning when I woke up. I got it last night, but I hadn't seen it. Um, Dad died last night, and then it talks about you know what he was fighting and all that stuff. Tougher than hell, he thought the world of you, Tom. Particularly because of our trips up north, but also because you gave his kid a chance.
1: Wow, that's nice. How
0: sweet is that? I mean, just so damn sweet. It is absolutely uh, sad.
2: Andy, do you ever meet uh, Jeff's dad? I don't know that I did. Uh, maybe when I was he really was at,
0: young. Well, the last time we saw him was at the uh, uh, the national. i mean, Excuse me, the Minnesota Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Because oh, uh, okay. Jeff and I got in the same night, and his parents were there. Just sweet people. Very, very nice people. I mean, nothing like Jeff, who's not sweet at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. But no, just really terrific people. And it makes me very, very sad to see and hear that uh, that Mr. Passolt has died. I love that guy. Just a great guy. Really, really solid, great guy. Have you Isn't that ta-
1: nice? Have you talked to Jeff recently? Is he doing I mean, other than his father dying, how uh-huh. is he doing
0: He's doing really well, you know. He's living in Wisconsin in the summer and Florida in the winter, and I don't know. Oh, he doesn't just, live here anymore. No, he doesn't live in he's Minnesota at all f- anymore. Florida, oh,
2: huh?
0: Yeah, he's on the on the West Coast, of Florida, and and he's up north at the cabin. I think I think he lives at the cabin in the summertime.
1: I'm going to start putting the arm on him to do the tour to cure. I, the last time I saw him, I think was when I went in for the morning show, the very one of the last shows of the year in December, and he was there, and we were chatting for a bit, and. I asked him what he was doing this is kind of interesting those that don't know this about Jeff he's a diabetic uh, and he'd been the chairperson the spokesperson for the American Diabetes Association and done it does a lot of benefit work for him and he says actually getting off that night news has really helped my diabetes a lot and I said well why is that And he goes well oh, really? as a diabetic the worst thing you want to do is wind up in a low blood sugar situation when you're on the air because yeah. you know you get mentally oh, foggy God. and it, you can actually really lose touch with reality oh, yeah you because can start so going would, to
2: psychotic episode yeah. I
1: would load up on uh, candy bars and uh, you know cokes before I went on the air just to prevent that from <laughs> which happening which is not
2: yeah. a, also not a good idea Yeah, it's
1: not good for you but yeah. it's uh, when it's your when it's your job yeah I mean you can't be passing out on the air
2: I just like the idea of him eating a Snickers while on the air that would be funny <laughs>
3: So another
2: news, three people were shot on Hennepin and Fifth. We've got to take a break. We'll be re- Okay, uh, We, we gotta break here, right?
0: Andy, we got a break here, right? Why, yep. Yes. Yes, we do. We'll be right back in two minutes. Doug has something to say right after this. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael.
1: Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email.
0: X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Is Carol King? Yes, it is. I remember when she broke. Everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people thought she was a terrible singer. But I think she's a very soulful-sounding singer.
1: I do too. I think she's great.
0: I do too. I absolutely do.
1: We went to that. The two uh, that I used to. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I was, the only thing I was, was going to say is that we had a good laugh a couple of days ago uh, about the fact that Carly Simon tried to claim that the Simon from Simon & Schuster was not her father. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Yes, no, I do. Oh, I did this all on my own. <laughs> That's fine. I like Carol, Carol King, and I like uh, Carly Simon. Very, very good. So anyway, you were saying something. Oh, done. I
1: had a diabetes rock and roll story. It uh, just came to me when we were talking about Jeff, so... I was playing in this band in the 90s, and we were up in Maplewood. I don't remember the name of the place, but it was pretty big, and we'd, we'd usually done really well, but this particular night is horrible. And, you know, that's the problem about being a live performer. Sometimes you're just going to have nights when nobody shows up. It doesn't really matter who you are. So we're trudging through the gig as much as we can, and the sound man is just terrible. I mean, he's not only is nobody there, but he's making us sound really terrible. We're having feedback problems and everything, and this is oh, going to and I look back in the end, middle of the fourth set, and he's pretty much passed out on the soundboard. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. And then he kind of slumps back in his chair, and we get done, and we can't get out of there quick enough. And you know, the, the bar manager comes up to pay the, the front man of the band. And I, he said, well, it's kind of a tough night. And I said, yeah, you know, your sound guys I don't mean to rip him. It's not his fault nobody showed up, but he's he's not very good. And I said, in the fucking... Effing guy's passed out back there, and he goes, Oh, that, yeah, he's got that sweet blood thing. And I said, What, what you, you mean he's diabetic? Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So I run back there and with a can of Coke, and you know, the guy's just, Yeah. that,
2: that Guy's about sweet. to die from well, hypoglycemia.
1: I mean, if, if the bar manager knows it, you wonder how many times this has happened before. Oh, there's Carl. He's just slumped over on the oh, old SoundCraft. That's just how again. it goes,
0: yeah. Jeez. Sweet blood. That sounds like something out of the hills I know. in Alabama That's from the 20s. Well,
1: You're
2: I mean, you know where the blood. term piss ant comes from?
1: I don't, but I'm going to learn.
2: they That's how they used to test for diabetes was that they would uh, have someone just pee on the floor, and then they'd put ants around it. And if the ants were attracted to it, they, they were diabetic it because it had sugar in it. Really? Yep, and that was really? a piss ant. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, little piss ant? Yeah. Not too far from sweet blood, sweet urine, yeah. I guess. I don't know.
1: So a piss ant is a urine drinker. That's really what you're calling somebody, right?
2: Pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think well. we're going to be using that term quite a bit, Tom. Let's not tell anybody what it urine actually drinker. means. Yep.
2: You piss ant. <laughs> you don't hear piss ant like too much it. anymore, do you? It's going to make a right, comeback really on don't. the
1: morning show, I can it's guarantee it. coming you.
2: back. <laughs>
0: Uh Although, I haven't heard the other term, shit-eating grin, any time uh, recently either. I remember when I was a kid, that guy's got a shit-eating grin. I don't know where
2: that could possibly come from. (laughs) I don't know. I have Let's find out. Let's see if the internet knows. But for a lot of those, it's just like it first surfaced 400 years ago and no one knows why. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very, very true.
0: I, I don't understand it at all. I really don't. And he's got the facts right in front of him. I can hear it in his head. He's typing,
1: typing, it. typing.
0: Well, you got they're sitting there with that shit eating grin. What in the hell are you talking about? I've never understood where that came from.
1: Well, he's looking oh, it up. God. I've got an interesting car story here. It's you know, and we've talked about this on car selling secrets before, the whole electric car thing seems to be coming a political thing where It's the tree huggers that think electric is great, and the the far right thinks that it's just terrible. Well, General Motors is, and there's another company that's doing the same thing. I think they're trying to figure out how to bridge the gap. They just announced that they're going to bring back the Hummer brand, but as a pickup truck. Oh God! But it's going to be all electric, but it's going to be a thousand horsepower.
2: (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) A lot of confusing things about that. I know. Talk about your
1: mixed messages. Yeah. You tree hugger? Well, it is a thousand horsepower pickup truck. Can I drive it?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really
1: interesting. Well, the other
0: thing about that is, and I think one 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 of the reasons that people get need to, I've had I've owned two or three electric cars in yeah. my life. I owned the first Tesla in the state of Minnesota. It had its it's still Tesla's still got its quirks. They, they there's still a couple of things they need to iron out over a Tesla. But I loved having the car. The bricking thing uh, was not something I could risk though, so I sold it. A bricking would be, you'd be driving along on the freeway, and if you didn't have the battery charged and went dead, you could not move the car at all. Couldn't be towed, couldn't be pushed. It would sit there until you put a new battery in it. Because I don't think you could charge that thing with a jumper cable. (laughs) Yeah,
1: probably not.
0: (laughs) But the thing about that is, they still generate heat, so it's so basically, it's the drilling for oil part that they're really pissed about, right? Because emissions are not bad at all anymore from automobiles. They've are they They've gotten a lot they're, better. They're,
1: oh yeah. Well, you, Tom, you remember back what it was like in the '60s before the EPA? Oh, yeah. It was, it would your eyes would literally burn if you were in a traffic jam. Oh yeah. And, and oh, the I remember smog that. and all the problems. So yeah, they have gotten a lot more efficient. Now somebody told me I, I'm not testing this to be true. But they say that you know the old one of the ways to commit suicide would be just lock yourself in the car and with a garage door closed and run it. Somebody yep. told me that they don't put up put out enough emissions anymore to kill you. Yeah, there no. again, don't really? test this it's theory. It's still
2: dangerous, but yeah. it's it's very very difficult to to make a new car generate so much carbon monoxide that it would kill you. But, yeah, well, but don't years test ago, it.
1: This is a podcast. Don't, well, you know, my son was listening to the podcast, and your Doing fault. yourself
2: MythBusters. busters, yeah. Right. Now, especially this one. Never a good one. idea. Don't bust it. Yeah, no. I, I well, mean, but, yeah, as far, even as recently as, you know, the 90s, you'd hear stories of, you know, they turned on their car in the garage to warm it up, and the family was found dead the next day.
3: That doesn't yeah. happen
2: anymore because cars are just, they don't put out as much emissions as they did. Well, that
0: Photos Dum, what's his name? Photos Dirt Baggus, or what's his name?
2: Yeah, the Photos Dulos. Photos Dulos. There it is, yeah. Or something like that. He apparently
0: is still alive. They said he was dead yesterday, but he's not dead. He's still alive. And it's for the very reason you guys just talked about that he put a a pipe over the exhaust uh, system, like a, 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 you know, those collapsible plastic pipes. Yeah. Put it over the exhaust and put it through the window, but apparently that doesn't put out enough emissions to kill you. He, he apparently they're saying is brain dead, but he's not dead. So well, who, then who is dead. this
1: person? I this is yeah. not on my radar at all.
2: Some guy who killed his wife. Oh. He's he's got got a new to that to it, really. killed his wife. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he he put a pipe from the exhaust into the window, and then yep. they found him. They no pulse for like was like three hours or something like that yeah, and then exactly. they revived him but obviously yeah. if there's no detectable pulse for three hours the brain is gone wow and right it, we are we are still at the point where some people think that brain death is something that you can come back from but no, no. if you're brain dead that's even worse than your heart not beating honestly
0: yeah that's so many you, yes you can come back from being brain dead no, no you can't
2: it's he's I mean, just brain dead alone he's beyond gone
1: one of the yeah. funniest black humor jokes in Mad Men. You remember the season where the, they had the English guy, who actually starred in Chernobyl. Um, he he works for the firm, and his wife buys him a brand-new 69 Jaguar, but he can't afford it because he's lost his job. And he, he decides to commit suicide in the parking garage in the Jaguar. He can't get it started.
2: Oh, <laughs> The universe just wasn't on his side. <laughs> just
1: kind of... <laughs> It was pretty funny actually. And now in the next very next episode he wound up hanging himself from his office ceiling, so it's like
2: anyway. It's like almost like a Mo Sislack kind of thing. Yeah. He kept trying to hang himself with the rope broke. Yeah you know. He tried to jump oh, off right. a bridge and land on like a barge carrying a bunch of mattresses.
1: We do need to start snorting vitamin D. Do you realize we've been talking about suicide for the last five minutes?
2: Well <laughs> in other news.
0: That's a good point. That's a really good point. A man living in Australia says he's a secret love child of Prince Charles and Camilla sure and knows. wants a DNA test done to prove it. The Sun reports Simon Durante Day, 53, claims is a That guy's only 53? Looks like he's about 83. <laughs> times are tough in Australia, apparently God. Uh, claims his adoptive grandparents, Winifred and Ernest, once worked as the royal gardener and cook and informed him many times that Charles and Camilla were his parents. The British-born engineer recently filed his case in Australia's high court after it was tossed from lower courts three times. Well, it would be very simple to test that. Yes, the other would. problem is you're, you're not going to get Charles's DNA. It's not going to happen. So Perhaps you can not argue legally. all you want. Not a, well, that's true.
3: Yeah, Here, let's have a drink
0: of this water, the Charles. Wow. Yeah, let's not sneak into the palace. Just you dress up, up as a
2: baby, and when he comes to kiss you, take part of his hair. There you go. It's simple. Exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Here, let me cut your hair, there, Charles. I'll. Uh, I don't know. It's. So how old is Charles? So. Ba- oh. So basically, I think Charles, isn't he just old? Charlie I is seventy-one. 70. And this 71. Guy is 53? Yeah, I thought he was fifty-three. And he's fifty-three. So they're saying basically Duel. that uh, they were eight. This you know they got he got a pregnant when he was seventeen, and I don't know how old Camilla was, but. You know, those two so there were
1: together. I, you know, I, I guess I'm not up on my uh, British royalty, but those two were together as teenagers?
2: No. He had a spouse, another one, Diana Spencer. Right, that's a. Lady Diane. Lady Di in uh-huh. 81. So they, he didn't marry Camilla until 2005.
1: I know, but I'm wondering if they were together before he married Diana.
2: That's what they're saying, yeah. You that's what they're so? saying.
1: I mean, are they like Camilla, said,
2: Diana Camilla?
1: Yeah, or may, I, he didn't didn't marry Camilla until after die, but maybe they were boyfriend-girlfriend as teenagers. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they'd known each other that long.
0: Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't know if they have or not. Maybe it's just a claim Devontae oh. Day is making.
2: He Let's see, yeah, after Camilla was a former girlfriend. Huh. Really? So, yeah, I guess that does check out. Oh, I so guess, maybe he's right, Simon is. Yeah, so Camilla was his girlfriend before Diana.
1: So when so your, your wife you divorces go. you and you got to get back in the dating pool and your ears stick out like a couple of doors on a taxi cab, <laughs> and probably you're probably... T- <laughs> he's not a handsome man.
0: <laughs> no, not the best. Money makes people Greta very Thun- attractive,
1: though. That's true.
0: That's true. Greta Thunberg is uh, protecting her name, so that's probably good. She's... Uh, She's decided a sign of just how big Greta Thunberg has become. The young climate activist says she is reluctantly registering to trademark her own name, reports a local in Sweden. Sweden, The 17-year-old says too many people are attempting to cash in on it without her consent, she explains in an Instagram post. I assure you, I and other school strikers have absolutely no interest in trademarks, but uh, unfortunately
2: it needs to be done. What, what's a what's a school striker? What's that? Literally a kid who didn't go to school because of the climate. I
0: mean, oh, You give
2: a kid an excuse they, not oh, to I go see. to okay. school, you know. It's not like it's some uh, massive undertaking. Convince a teenager to skip school for right. a day. Mm. I would have I climate struck if I was a kid.
0: <laughs> yes, we need to clean up the planet. See you next year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did yeah, a lot of climate striking actually. I was ahead of my
2: time. <laughs> you were
1: just you were born too early.
0: Mhm. Greta Thunberg make you guys sad. I mean she does. She makes me very should, sad. But
2: it doesn't. I is what I'll say.
0: No, you don't
2: care. Yeah, exactly. It's happened so many times before, you know. Parents yeah, that's true. crazy parents using yep. their kid as a mouthpiece. Yep. That's just, you know. Yeah. You know. You know, at some know. She, level, she though I think
1: like she, at some level, though I think she is exceptional. I mean, parents can want to yeah, have kids yeah. do that, but you know, and she—it's ha- not like she was by herself, but she did sail a yacht all the way across the North Atlantic by herself at sixteen, and speak to the UN. That's that, mm-hmm. whether you like her or not. That's that's not normal for a kid to be able to do that. I wouldn't have I no wouldn't have scared to death to do that when I was sixteen.
0: Do you think there are people that don't like her? That's kind of she's only seventeen for God's. Well, sake.
1: I, I think people don't like what she represents. I think that's really. Oh, right. I don't know if it's so much Let her as a person, but
2: I would be fine Let with what go. she does if she spent more time talking to, say, China and India. But she spends no time talking to them, which is yeah, what I find. Well,
0: that's bad. exactly right. Because
2: their emissions are growing, the Western world's emissions yep. are shrinking, which means we're already yep. on the track to you know. We're becoming a clean society. Yeah, it's societies that are becoming less clean, despite all the technological advances. See, that I thought need a China was shift. actually oh, they've gone up two hundred percent in the past like fifteen years.
1: I know, but in the uh, last five, they've done. They, I mean, they've made a huge investment in solar. And I remember reading a couple months ago that they, the Chinese army was going to plant like it's sixty million trees or something like that. Yeah, I mean, they are, they're taking, in Beijing right now, and this goes back to cars, I think it's fascinating. If you buy an electric car, uh, they only have so many license plates, so they're sort of a lottery. So if you buy an electric yep. car, you automatically get a license plate, and you pay zero tax. If you have a gas-powered car, you have to go through the lottery, and and you pay 100% tax. So if it's a $50,000 car, you pay another 50 in taxes. So I think they're pretty serious about it. I'd be surprised if they're not... Polluting less now than they were five years ago, as they joined the industrial world. Yeah, they were terrible in the '90s and, yes. and early 2000s. They were just trying to well
2: let's make see. as
1: much um, energy as they could. And
2: in the past five years, they have gone up. They but, have. Okay. So from 2000 to 2010, they went from 4,000 million tons, so that'd be four billion tons of CO2, to 10 billion in 2010 okay so they went up like a good what's that like 125 yep. percent in 10 years but from 2010 to now they've only gone up about another billion so they slowed their role quite a bit yeah. since 2010 and they are improving but they are still one of the very very few countries on earth that are going up not down okay so there's we
0: that we shall take a We'll take a break. Be right back with the final segment for car selling, not secret, <laughs> or not car selling secrets. or something. The
1: Nothing Show. We'll be right back. Hey, Let's do a show the about nothing. The Nothing
0: Show. Yes. We'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Start the new year looking great and feel even better by losing 20 to 40 pounds with help from my friends at Ultimate, powered by Nutrimost. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, you'll receive 20 to 30% off all programs with Ultimate's New Year's resolution sale. Do what I did, and let Dan and Neil Sheehy and the staff at Ultimate help you change your relationship with food forever. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. So, Andy, I have a question for you. Uh, I think a lot of people know we sold our house. How much of the move did they get done yesterday?
2: Uh, most of the furniture is gone. So. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's pretty well, much just the little stuff that just... needs to be put in boxes now. And she has packers to help her with that, yeah, she right? She sure does. She's got a lot of packers. Oh, good. So
0: she's covered. she'll be done with it, the move today sometime?
2: Uh, that I couldn't tell you, but it's got to be getting close. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we
0: sold our house, and uh, they wanted a 30-day closing, so I was like, Get out. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, I, I have not met the people who bought the house yet, but they they seem like a very nice family, <clears> some <throat> nice uh, nice people. Uh, but in any case, it's kind of weird. Andy's only lived in three houses, and Alex has only lived in two, I mean, since they moved out by, on their own. But as far as with the family, Andy lived in Maple Grove, Dayton, and Golden Valley. Well,
2: I don't even and remember Alex Maple lived, Grove, but yeah.
0: No, you don't. No, you were like two. two. Yeah. You were two years old when we moved and and Alex only lived in Dayton and Golden Valley. Mm-hmm. So now, I mean, the, the the two houses...
2: Yeah, this is the last you know, house it, that I lived in before the age of 20 that I'll, you know, that is yeah. left in the family, I suppose.
0: And then the disaster of the thing is the fact that L.A. Nick lives in the house out in Dayton, so yeah.
2: There is that, the fact that, you know, we know the people who bought our childhood house, which is not something a yep. lot of people could say. So, technically, no, we could true. go back and visit it. I haven't been there since we moved out. I probably wouldn't even recognize I haven't it, either.
0: I haven't either. But he he has said very, very clearly, anytime you want to go out and see your old room and all that stuff, you're more than welcome, which is really cool. He, j- he just, just
1: loves that place. He, he sure posts does. videos of it on Facebook all the time. He's just, it's so odd, you know, because he's not the kind of guy that you would think, you know, you're really going to enjoy the country life.
2: He's gone full green acres. Yep. Farm living is the I life thought, for he. I thought that was a house I was
0: going to live in until I died, but then mom decided, nope, I'm not driving all that way anymore, so we moved into town. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I'd stay in that house for the rest of my life, but to tell you the truth, uh, that house is way too big for two people to live in, so it was was the smart
2: thing to do. I could see you you living in Dayton, but like you said, that drive is just God. And it's gotten worse, too, in the last 15,
0: 16, 17 years, whatever it's been. The the drive has gotten much worse. Well, they built it Lots all up. and lots of traffic.
2: Yep. Yeah, exactly. It used to be yeah. it was just like, watch out for getting behind a semi, because that's all there was out there. But now everything is built up, you know. I remember when they put the Target in when I was like 14, and that was like, whoa, we got a Target. Yep. yep. Watch Moving out.
0: Yep. So, Doug, you're going to love this one. So, Andy's two years old, or not even two quite yet. <clears throat> And I walk in his room, and he had, he had yeah, he, he was probably about 18 months old, actually, but he could talk, I remember. Wow. So, I don't know. Wow. I don't know, whatever. So, maybe he was like 20 months old or something. I don't think he was quite two yet. But I walk in his room, and he had pooped his diaper and took it out and <laughs> rubbed it on the wall. I walk in, I look at the wall, and I look at Andy, and Andy goes, son of a bitch. <laughs>
1: Which is what he said when he was getting married, too, that's if I remember. Yeah, that's
0: right. Same, <laughs> that's that's right, circle. exactly. That's very, very funny. Oh, yeah, I'll man. never forget. like, what do you mean, son <laughs> of a bitch? Well, I had, think I'd heard <laughs> it somewhere before. Uh, yeah, your mom, she just, you know what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all she ever
0: said. You know what I'm saying. What are you going to do? But yeah, it's, it is nice to have somebody so happy with the, you know, where we raised you and Alex. Uh that somebody happy living on that farm and now the new house. People living in the in in our most recent house are just over the moon about it. They love it. And uh, you know, well Actually, a lot of people love living in the Scarface Mansion, you know. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's what Big J Okerson calls it, the Scarface Mansion. Now did you did you <laughs> like, guys okay.
1: build that or was it already yes. there when yes. we bought it? you built it.
2: They've got like Oh, a, we built We it. found like Fifty copies of the architectural designs, just like stashed oh, really? around the house. It's weird. Oh, did you really? Yeah, they're everywhere. Like the original Why? drafts and everything. They're just I don't know because no one ever threw them away and they just put them places yeah. and then forgot about them. But yeah, and meanwhile, Melissa and my house that we're buying, even the city mm-hmm. doesn't have anything on it. We tried to get like the really? original plant because it was so it was before they kept those things. So we were like, do you yeah, have anything? Regarding the plans, anything like that, they're like, no, that's gone forever. Which oh, one thing I got to
0: tell you, Andy. We went, oh, sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead.
2: I'm I am done.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> and I can't say where it is. Not that big a deal. But when we were over Christmas <laughs> down in Florida, and the original house we bought in Florida, I was I ran into the old my old next door neighbor, and he said, "Why did you ever move?" And I said, "Why." As a person that lives in that house now, what a jackass, my God. It's all I all I ever do is complain. They're horrible. Then I go in and grab a little lunch at this in the compound where you said it's a, it a complex, not compound, Tom. It was a complex.
2: The
0: compound. Uh, and then my old neighborhood neighbor comes up to me and goes, Why'd you ever move? This is the second house we lived in there. And I said, Why? What's the problem? He goes, God, that guy lives there now. What a prick that guy is! <laughs> so apparently, two people who are not very pleasant. Moved into the two houses that uh, that we sold down in Florida. Mm. One was a, a townhouse. Then we moved into a full size, you know, bigger bigger house. And then that house, once again, when the, once the kids stopped coming down, that house was too big, so we sold that. But uh, you know, great memories of all that stuff. I do all those houses. It, it's great oh, stuff, yeah. but. Uh, you know, and it's tough to sell. I absolutely adore because your mother designed the house in Golden Valley. She she that was her design from top to bottom, so I will miss that. But the fact that the people that are moving in are so over the moon about it and so happy about it makes me very happy yeah. that they're that they're it's so exciting
2: for them. And not having to pay that because, property like tax said, probably must make you pretty
0: happy. Well, it's a little spendy, you know. Mm-hmm. Although it's not as ex- expensive as a friend of mine. No. I don't want to identify him because you'd know who he is. But he got his new property tax bill a thousand dollars a day. Jeez,
2: no, what, what? three hundred six? What does he own a mansion
0: six. in downtown Minneapolis? No, he owns a mansion on uh, on the uh, Waizetta Bay on Wyzetta Excuse- Bay in Minnetonka. Oh, okay, that makes sense. He though.
1: doesn't make countertops by any chance, does he?
0: No, but that house is rather large itself. I would,
1: I, yeah, I, would, I could see that at 300 plus a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure it is.
0: I'm sure that house is 300 plus a year. I actually have a yeah, related
2: my question that I was thinking about by coincidence the other day. Okay. Um, when you dream about what you perceive as home, where is that? When I dream about being at home? Yeah. Is it where you live um, now or is it a place you used to live? Actually, it bounces around. My childhood and then. Yeah, I all still the way dream from, about yeah, yep. living in Dayton. I have never dreamt about another yep. house. It's I could weird see that. Because I haven't lived there in 15 Most of my life, well, not most, but I'm getting to the point where most of my life is spent outside that house, but that's still, if yeah, I'm at home, yeah. I'm in Dayton. Well, hmm. let's
0: see, you were about three. Well, no, you're about two and a half, two, two years and nine months we moved into that house. Mm-hmm. So, and we lived there for 15 years, I believe.
2: Oh, so, yeah, I oh, am. Oh, no, at, we lived there longer than that. I am at half and a half. Hey, Tom. Yeah, you're at half and a half right Got now. Got a bust
1: yes, in here or something. So this is our 41st show, and this is the first time... Um, that the guest has no showed. He actually just walked in the door, so we've got a minute to chat, couple mm, minutes to I'm chat not. with Mick Sterling. Apparently, his calendar took it as Eastern time, so he thought it was at one o'clock.
3: So. Oh, uh oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's okay. What are you do I, do? I don't know. It's a, it's an embarrassing fact of my life at this moment. I'm sorry about that.
2: So, are we calling this car selling? Well, seven? I just,
3: I, yeah, I, we'll we'll call it whatever we call it. So okay. we've got
1: seven seven or eight minutes left, right?
2: Uh, yeah, seven.
1: I want to touch about this briefly. A lot of people know who Mick is that are uh, music fans in the Twin Cities. at a very, very popular R&B band called the Stud Brothers, and I spent a lot of money actually watching you play at Bunkers, <laughs> which oh, is bless. where all the really good musicians
3: play. I mean, if you're playing at Bunkers, you're great. It's, it was a great band. Yeah, yeah. We did that uh, 17 years every Sunday. Yep, that's uh, that's that's a long run. Not as, great long run. As, as long as the combo, but it's it's up. There, yeah, that's so. a freakish thing that's yeah. going on there. I, I played with Margie Cox actually. before oh, did you she, really? Yep, back we went to high school together. One of the greatest singers. Yep. ever. She's amazing.
1: But what I really wanted uh, brought Mick in to talk about is um, he we connected because he reached out to us because he has a 501c charity. Uh, to get some funding from Walzer because the Walzer has a foundation and we do fund. It's typically educational stuff, but as we got to emailing back and forth, I thought, you know, would you want to come on the podcast and talk about... I, the idea was to talk about music and the charity, sure. but we'll skip the music part. Okay. <laughs> Other than the show that you're doing Friday, which I'm a huge Warren Zevon fan, we can talk yes. about that. Yeah. But why don't you tell us about your, your charity, what it's called, what you're trying to accomplish, how you started it.
3: Well it's it's called the 30 Days Foundation. It's a Minnesota- based charity. We only assist Minnesota residents and what we do is that we provide a one-time grant um, for people that are in real life financial crisis. but what's different about us is that we don't it never goes to the person. It only goes to the service that needs
1: payment so give some examples of some stories of people that have reached out to you and how you helped them i think that'll make i understand yeah. but, but that'll help make me yeah it clear. well i
3: mean it's really unglamorous things like you know back rent and storage bills and utility bills and security deposits and grocery cards and fuel cards and medical bills and school clothes stuff like that okay. you know all the really mundane things that you have to pay for but once you start falling behind in those things that's when things start happening. That's when you get your car repossessed. That's when you get evicted from your apartment because everything starts with one or two things. So I think the really unique thing about 30 days is that we're not a charity that's going to take care of everything. There's plenty of agencies that do that. And there's, you know, too many people that need everything. But if you're talking about purely percentage wise, it's a sliver of people that need everything. Yeah. And what really happens is that the people that need everything, if you go back to when they started, you know, when they were in trouble, they needed something to help. So this is
1: to keep the snowball from gathering size and racing down the hill. Right.
3: And it's really, you know, it's not a lot of money. Sometimes a a sprint phone bill for
1: $100,
3: if somebody pays that, it changes the trajectory of things, gives everybody a little break. And that's really, I think, what we really specialize in. And we've been doing that since 2011. So how did you get, you just woke up one day and said, I'm going to start a charity? Well, what? you know, I had done, I did a, a thing called Heart and Soul back in the 90s, mm-hmm. a big music festival that helped Camp Heartland, which is now called One Heartland. And it was a big success, and we raised a lot of money for it, and it was it was great. And so people were used to me doing charitable events and I did a concert in Excelsior in 2010, and it was really fun, and, but people were asking me, who's it for? And I, it wasn't for anybody. I just wanted to do a concert. And I realized I needed to find something, so I was looking for other charities to do it. And then all these people around me were facing these issues within about a week's worth of time. not in there is mostly i know i can't can't do anything about that (laughs) um but if you know they were facing things that weren't in their control things just happened Mm -hmm. and i thought well that's an interesting charity idea what if you could just do that and that would really help a lot of people so that was really the beginning of the concept of the 30 days foundation
1: and it's been going for ten years and thriving. Yeah, thriving,
3: yeah. We're over ninety-seven thousand, um, you know, re- requests for assistance that we've done. Wow, uh, you know, feeding the homeless, and uh, we did that for about three years. We is we it mostly there. Twin City Metro, or is it uh, all over the state? You know, pri- primarily it has been, but something has happened in the last, well, actually, this year. Something on Facebook um, has really exploded, and actually, I was just t- I've. As of today, as from Sunday to today, I've replied to over 600 requests for assistance. So, something people are finding out about us, you know, in a big way. And a lot of sober houses have found out about us too, which is a great donation for us because it's like $100, $125. Yeah. Just even that amount to get them in that process could really be a life changing thing. So if
1: people are are inclined to either donate or listening that need some help, how would they contact
3: you? It's real simple. If you need help, just go on our website, which is the 30daysfoundation.org. It's the 30 dash. DaysFoundation.org, the number three. or you can find it like
1: I found it which is Mick Sterling Foundation and oh, is that there's, really?
3: yeah there's a million oh, a related, you're pretty visible I
1: didn't know actually that. which is good that's what you want <laughs>
3: right. yeah so I, all it is is an email we don't have an office we don't have a staff you know all you need to do is send an email and we'll reply to you within 72 hours and if we can do something it may not be the thing that you're requesting but maybe we can help with something smaller and even just something like that, just the simple gesture of offering to help and knowing that someone actually gets what you're going through is a huge thing for people. Yep.
1: Okay, you got a minute to pitch this yeah. Warren Zevon gig. Mick's been doing all these tribute shows. Yeah. If you look on YouTube, You'll see some fantastic videos. A lot of it shot, shot at uh, A440 Studio. Yeah, studios. all in
3: one t- one we did 18 videos in 5 hours. Yeah. All one takes. It was great.
1: Yeah, John's uh, kind of a wizard. He's a great guy. And, yeah, he really yes, is. He is. So tell us
3: about Friday
1: for Warren Zee. So Friday's fans. at
3: Hook and Ladder, which I've never done before. That'd be a new venue for me, but it's it's called now, Hook and Ladder's like 27th and Lake Street. Yeah, it's right. Near right. Brooklyn, right Minnehaha, Minnehaha over there. Yeah. yeah. Um so this is a, you know, we're honoring Warren Zavon who is just one of my favorite rockers. And uh, it's a little niche. Not everybody knows Warren Zevon, but the people who do, I think, will really love this show because the band is outstanding. And, you know, we're doing, you know, stuff from Excitable Boy, his solo record, um, Sentimental Hygiene, you know, that kind of stuff, too. So it's a pretty long, wide-ranging Zevon show, but it rocks hard. It's good. You're not doing Keeping In My Heart for a while, are you? Oh, yeah. Uh. So those of you James Loney's know, doing that. He's, he's the one singing that song.
1: Warren passed away eight, nine years ago now? It's been I a don't while. think it
3: was that long ago. I think it was a little bit shorter than that.
1: Uh, died of lung cancer, never smoked, and mm-hmm. there's uh, a, he recorded an album knowing that he's dying, and there's a song on there uh, for his family called Keep Me In Your Heart For A While. It's really,
3: really Oh, it's amazing. a gorgeous song. And James Loney sings it and does an amazing job with that song.
1: Mick, we got to get you back here when we have an actual I whole would love hour, that. and you I'm can so learn sorry. how to tell time. So I, I,
3: donate to the Mick Sterling
1: Watch Foundation. or <laughs> The <laughs> Mick Sterling I-Can't-Read-English Foundation <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Tom, sorry to put you in the back seat. I just had a bunch of stuff that I want to no, erase no, 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 through here fine. as quick as I can.
0: Mick, if you ever get time, I'd love to have you back in for an hour to talk about all these different things. I've been a big fan for years.
3: Oh, thank you, Tom. But I, I, any time, I would love that. Thank you we'll, so much. We'll get you on the calendar again, and okay. I'll just send out
1: reminders every <laughs> okay. 15 minutes. It's, it's <laughs> not surprising it's that the only guest <laughs> that's ever shown up late is a musician, right? That's just the way it goes.
0: So just to prepare, Mick, when you come back, I do want to have a talk with you. I grew up in North Minneapolis. I am a huge soul music. Yes, I know. I know you are. And these people with their rap music are pissing me off to no end. You can't even hear R and B anymore. The most beautiful music ever written, and you don't hear it anywhere anymore.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was talking about uh, talking about James Brown to somebody the other day. Just love him. Just how funky. The disciplined groove is on Sex Machine. Just that same guitar yeah. lick for 10 minutes. There's nothing funkier than that. that. It's just such a great thing. Of course, part of the reason is if the guy had
1: effed it up, James Brown would have killed him.
3: Well, or the, or the fine. You know <laughs> that's the right. fine thing? That's right. the right. You know, his hand flashes off. That's 25 bucks. He got <laughs> fines. So.
1: Great story. We'll have him back in the near future. Love it. Thanks, Mick.
3: Thanks, Tom. Thank you so much.
1: Do you want to say anything, Tom, and we'll finish the show?
3: Guten tag. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Okay.
1: Uh, Let's go snort some vitamin D, and we'll see you next week.